Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. Hi, listeners. I'm Chuck Lawless. And I'm Caleb Iverson. And we want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. Pastors, as we come to the last episode for Pastor Appreciation Month, we hope that you've been encouraged each week. Just as a reminder, our podcast episodes come out every Monday. Articles on our websites on our website is posted on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, please go back and look. We've had a lot of pastors write in articles that we hope are encouraging to you, and we hope to continue to do that same thing in the future. Just as a reminder, our Christ-Centered Exposition Conference is coming up in April, April 11th, 2024. It's a one-day conference on the Gospel of John. You can sign up on our website for $25. Caleb, I'm excited today to talk to my pastor. Yeah, I'm excited for this conversation. Yeah, our pastor, my pastor, Dr. Randy Mann, actually just spoke to our students just the last hour or so over lunch. You were a part of that, and he he grabbed our hearts a little bit, didn't he? Yes, I was really encouraged. Good, good. Dr. Randy Mann is the pastor of Wake Crossroads Baptist Church here in, actually in Raleigh is our is the address. Uh, you've been there how long, Pastor, now? I have been back at Wake Crossroads for uh, about a little over a year and a half. Um, I previously served there for almost 10 years. I was a, a seminary student there from 1998 in December until uh, April of 2003. And then in 2003, I came on staff as an associate pastor, served under Bill Booyer. I uh, was a okay. mentor for me for about 10 years and then went to... Um, Central Baptist Church in Henderson, North Carolina, for nine years as lead pastor there and have now had the opportunity to be back at Wake Crossroads for uh, not quite two years. And you and I talked in that process. Wake Crossroads was one of the places you said you you would not go back to. It, that is right. Uh, not because I didn't want to sure, necessarily, sure. but just I just expected as long as we had been there, which was nearly 15 years total, that just the two places I never anticipated that God would send us back to. One would be Alabama, uh, which is where I was born and lived for the first half of my life. Uh, and the second place would have been Wake Crossroads. And uh, yet God in his providence uh, brought us back there. And we're really, really thankful. And that's good clarification. I didn't, I didn't mean to suggest that you would not want to go back, but you you just didn't expect the Lord to take you back there. And But the church uh, adores you, as you well know. And they were so excited when you came back a couple of years ago. Talk to us more about your family and about your, your ministry history beyond what you already said to us. Sure. Um, so I um, I'm married to Melanie. And um, this December will be 29 years that we've been married. Um, we have three adult kids. Uh, Josh is our oldest. He's 27 and is married to Jamie. And then our middle son, Caleb, uh, is 23. And Abby, our baby, is 21. So we have been empty nesters now for, uh, I guess, a couple of years at least and um, getting accustomed to that. And so been challenges uh, for sure, but a lot of blessings as well. That's great. That's great. Are they in this area? Um, they're actually scattered. So Josh and uh, his wife live in Wisconsin. Uh, Caleb lives in Nashville, Tennessee, and Abby lives in Greenville, North Carolina. So okay. uh, when we open up Find My Friends on uh, the iPhones, it's neat to see we've got most of the eastern and southern North Carolina, uh, United States covered. That's good. Well, thank you for joining us today. This is, again, Pastor Appreciation Month. Talk to us about a pastor that has been influential in your life. 
Yeah, I um, when when you mentioned this question to me, um, the hard thing, I guess, like my sermons, it was not in figuring out what to include, but what to leave out. Hmm. Um, I could give you, I'll give you several um, in short order. Uh, one was my childhood pastor, Jimmy Dean. Uh, not the guy that makes sausage, uh, <laughs> but his name was Herman, uh, Herman Dean, but he went by Jimmy. I'm not sure how that happened. Mm. But um, the thing that I remember about him as my childhood pastor is that he he faithfully preached the scripture, uh, just verse by verse, line by line. And when he preached at, at, at the charge at my ordination service, uh, his challenge to me was, son, just give them the book. Mm. Wow. And, uh, wow. man, that stuck. Um, uh, I would have to mention Bill Booyer, um, sure. my mentor that I served with um, for 10 years at Wake Crossroads. He's, uh, he's not with us anymore. He died of uh, cancer uh, several years ago. And, um, but I watched, I, I learned from him and watched him have a passion for taking the gospel to the nations. For years and years to the country of Moldova, uh, I think over 30 years, in fact, in his ministry, uh, Slovenia, um, Russia, other places. And so I watched what it looked like for a pastor to have the world on his heart. Um, Michael Clower, a longtime mm. pastor at Inglewood sure. in Rocky Mount, sure. who is now an AMS down in the uh, Wilmington area. But uh, I, I watched his gentle, gracious, kind, compassionate heart, demeanor, love for God and, and pastors. And uh, God, I think, shaped me with that. Um, your colleague and my mentor, John Ewart, mm-hmm. um, you know, John has done a lot of um, church consulting, just tons of it. And um, I actually invited him up to Central to help us just evaluate things. How are things going? They felt like they were going okay, but help us. And so I think from him, God used him to really uh, challenge me to never just be satisfied or content. Always be evaluating Always ask the question, the why question, you know, uh, why are we doing what we're doing? And to just um, to constantly just ask, are, are there greater ways of faithfulness that we can serve the Lord? Mm. And um, I, I would be I, I would be dishonest if, if I didn't um, if I didn't include your name on that, uh, Dr. Mm. Lawless, because uh, as I have uh, watched your ministry, even at times from afar, you didn't know uh, you had no idea who I was, but I knew who you were. And watching a heart for disciple multiplying and mentoring, uh, a mm. desire to do everything possible to invest what God has entrusted to you into another generation behind you that will continue to carry that and do it again in a Second Timothy 2, 2 kind of way. And so uh, those, are, those are just a few. The list could certainly be longer, but those are impactful ones to be sure. Well, I, pr- I appreciate you including me on that list. Was it, was it Pastor Bill that gave you your heart for the nations? Um, yes, the church I grew up in in Alabama, um, really, we had some mission, what I might call awareness, um, through missionary prayer calendars, WMU, and some of those kinds of things, but very little by way of practice. It was not until college that I took my first international mission trip, actually, with that church in partnership with another church um, to Jamaica to do vacation Bible school with street kids in Montego Bay. Uh, that was the first international trip that I took, but it was really uh, when moving to Raleigh and to uh, joining Wake Crossroads as a seminary student that I observed Bill's heart for the nations, and and he took me with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, Melanie and I took our first international mission trip together to Moldova with Bill in August of 99, 
and um, just watching his example and um, God cultivated that heart for the nations through that. And you said it was your childhood pastor who gave you the charge at your ordination. Yes. That's, that's what I love about uh, stories like this. Uh, pastors that influence lives, they don't even know how much they're influencing lives, and yet ministry goes on and generation after generation after generation of pastors serves, and you're the, you're the product of that. I also know that you have a great heart for raising up young men and equipping them. Suppose a young man comes to you and says, I, I, I sense maybe a call to ministry, but, but I'm, just not, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure if I, if I have a call. I'm not sure if I want to do it if I do have a call. Because I, I know from a lot of uh, young men I work with, even when they, they sense a call, there's a little bit of trepidation about, about ministry. What would you say to that young man? Yeah, um, you know, I, I, I might send him to Hebrews 13, 17. Hmm. Um, you know, that word, it starts off in a way that any young pastor would probably celebrate. And if he's not careful, he'll read the first part, obey those who have uh, authority over you. And, and he might get really excited and stop reading there. And that would be a huge mistake because mm-hmm. the admonition doesn't stop there. Obey those who have spiritual authority over you, knowing that they uh, will give an account mm-hmm. as those who care for your souls. Mm-hmm. Um and so, you know, I think just understanding the uh, the gravity of that, you know, yeah. if I think I would tell them, look, if pastoring being hard scares you away right now, go do something else because it's way harder than you think. Mm. <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of people may not know my background. I was uh, full time as a registered nurse um, before I was uh, a pastor and um, nursing was way easier. And I had to do mm. things like um do CPR on somebody's chest and mm. watch them die under my hands. Mm, goodness. But there were times that, you know, I would look back on nursing and think, man, nursing was not so hard. Mm. Um, mm. Now, I, I want to be careful there, right? Uh, because there, there certainly is much to be celebrated. And so the other thing I think, one of the key things I would challenge them about is be sure of your calling. Um, and there's two reasons for that. One is there's a great sense of encouragement in that because God always is faithful to give us what we need to do what he's called us to do. And so if you if you have that unshakable sense of calling, uh, you asked me, in fact, in the last hour, you know, about that in my own life. And you said, well, you know, what was it that you know you sensed in that calling? I said, I, I couldn't do something else. That, that God just so burdened my heart about serving him in that particular way that I, I just sensed that I would be disobedient to do something different. And so so in one sense, there's there's that sense that when God calls us, we have that assurance of his. That number one, that he's with us, but two, that he'll give us what we need to do what he's called us to do. The other side of that um, admonition to be sure of your calling is that some days that's the only thing that will keep you in it. Mm. Um, you know, there there will be any number of things that will cause you to say whatever your nursing thing was, right? Selling insurance wasn't so bad. Banking wasn't so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever. Uh, in my case, nursing <laughs> wasn't so bad. Uh, difficult as it often was. Um but the, but the certainty of that call to know that he who has called us is faithful mm. um, will be the keeping thing if we've if we've found certainty in that at the outset. 
And so um, I, I think I would challenge them that way. And, you know, that sounds like an awful lot of warning and negative. And so I would want to be careful at the end to um, in the midst of that, say, you know what? Look, there are incredible challenges and burdens. No question. There just are. Uh, this week, this morning, <laughs> there yeah. have been. Um, but having said that, there are also unspeakable blessings and joys that you have the opportunity to to watch and to witness and participate in and be part of. Um, should God call you to serve him in that particular way that that you you just w- can't experience, I think, maybe in any other way. Yeah. Put some flesh on that. Pastor Randy. Tell us about some of the joys for you. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, I think about one just in terms of an opportunity to go and to um, to visit somebody that had visited the church. Um, and to just follow up with them and, and just thank them for visiting the church and to try to get to know them. And, and in the midst of that time, uh, discover that they had a nominal Catholic background with little participation and to have the opportunity to share Christ with them in their home mm-hmm. and to watch the two of them pray to receive Christ mm-hmm. that night. And now some 20, uh, well, I don't know, probably 27, 28 years later to know they're still faithfully serving that church. Um, I think about uh, a similar situation with two um, elderly couples that had grown up Catholic. They were transplants here to the Raleigh area. They saw an ad that we had put in the Rollsville Buzz newspaper about our senior adult gathering and said, hey, we." they called the church and said, we live in the area. Now, we're members of the Catholic Church in Wake Forest, so we understand if you don't want us to come to your deal. But uh, wow. if you would be willing, we would love to come and try it out. We said, we'd love to have you. And to watch them, uh, to watch our people love them like they were a part of us from their first visit to then having them ask the question, these people have been so welcoming to us. Do you think we could visit one of your church services? Hmm. We said, yeah, I think you can. (laughs) (laughs) And um, and then after a season of time, having seen them come week by week by week, having them sit down at one of our church, uh, one of our senior adult gatherings and say, you know, we have been so just so overwhelmed about what we've experienced here. We want to join your church. How do we do that? Mm. And to have the opportunity to first tell them, well, the the most important thing is to know that you're a part of God's church. Mm. And to share the gospel with them and to see those two couples, all four of whom were in their 70s at the time, watching one of the guys at 78 with tears running down his face say to me from in his living room, Hmm. um, the only thing in all of this that I regret is that somebody didn't tell me sooner. Wow. Wow. Mm. And so, um, you know, so there there are those kinds of things. Um, I, I, I meant to bring this like show and tell, but I figured on a podcast nobody could see it anyway. So I left the stuff at my <laughs> office. Um, I have a painted rock that sits on my desk uh, that came from one of the elementary kids in our uh, ministry in Central that was a prayer rock. Mm-hmm. And it was just mm-hmm. a reminder to me of him praying for me. Uh, I have a little flip calendar thing that has a little devotional thought of the day that in a previous pastor appreciation month, uh, a church member gave me that still sits on my desk and ministers to me day by day every year because it was dated, but without the uh, without the year. And so every year I just flip to it again and I look at that and I remember Tim and Diane and uh, and that calendar. And um, so, you know, 
we, we would be here for weeks for me to describe some of those things, but those are just a few. That's great. That's great. I have in my office across campus, I have two little rocks. I was with a missionary and his, and his kids. Uh, the missionary happened to be one of my former students. We were in actually in Bali in Indonesia, and we were walking along the beach, and they picked up the little rocks and gave them to me, mm. and I've carried them now uh, across to a few states uh, because they're just reminders of these kids who are now uh, in high school mm. and f- serving the Lord, following the Lord. I, I have somewhere at my house uh, a little notebook that when I left my second church, the kids made me little cards mm-hmm. when I was leaving, and I remember uh, in particular, one of the kids meant to write, I wish you didn't have to leave. He didn't know how to spell leave, and so he spelled it L-I-V-E. So I read, <laughs> I, wish, I wish you didn't have to live. Thought, oh, well, all right, I don't know. I'm not sure what that means, but uh, I, I think he meant that positively. So it's just, it's just a good reminder that God graciously allows us to touch lives really touch lives and we remember them and they remember us yeah i um you know in the past for pastor appreciation i've gotten uh you know sometimes i would get a card that would have a um uh you know an angus barn gift card or Mm -hmm. something in it you know which is which is great and enjoyable um but you know i got um i got a card uh, a stack of cards actually just this past week from one of our kids' ministries. And, uh, you know, one of them would say something like, thank you for uh, preaching the Bible to us. Um, hmm. But I opened up another one, and just in the, uh, in the inside of the card, all it said was, it had Pastor Randy on the front. I opened it up, and the only thing it said on the inside was, I love you, and had an wow. exclamation point. Wow. Hmm. Um, the, an Angus gift, an Angus Barn gift card can't compete with that's that. That's right. That's right. It gives me chills just hearing you say the story. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's fantastic. You you served as a associate pastor for a number of years, then stepped into the senior role. Yeah. How how was that different? Um, I mentioned John. Uh, you were a little while ago. Uh, I remember when it looked like things were rolling to where I was going to be leaving from Wake Crossroads to go to Central. And I said, um, you know, John, you've been a mentor to me. Help me understand what I'm getting into. And um, I'll never forget what he said. He, um, he, he said, I don't care what Bill has included you in. I don't care how closely <laughs> he let you stand beside him or look over his shoulder or sit in meetings with him or whatever. He said, all I can say to you is the view from that chair is mm. different. And I'm not sure that, you know, that there could be any sense of a greater understatement yeah. than that one. <laughs> um, there's, just, uh, there's just a sense of—and um, and we need to be careful, right, because there's only one good shepherd. We're under shepherds, and, and if we're doing it right, he carries that load. Uh, sometimes we try to carry a load that's his and not ours, um, but— but there is a sense, I think, in terms of just responsibility, in terms of setting, you know, vision and direction, um, in terms of trying to have direct responsibility to seek to lead the leaders so that they lead in respective areas of ministry. And so it's, um, again, it's one of those things where there are lots of things you could look at and say, wow, man, the challenges and the difficulties, and to be sure there are some. Um, 
But at the same time, there are some unique blessings in the midst of that opportunity as well. Here at Southeastern, we know that our global Great Commission impact is only made possible by faithful ministry partners and supporters like you who share our vision for equipping students to make disciples through the local church and around the world. On Giving Tuesday, November 28th, we invite you to join us by giving to support our Great Commission efforts. To give now or to learn more about how your giving can have an eternal Great Commission impact, visit sebts.edu give. For our young listeners, Pastor Randy, you think back across your pastoral ministry. What what would you do differently if you were starting over again? Yeah, um, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you two statements from a dying pastor. Okay, that 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 question continues to to sit on me with um, because I asked that question hmm. of Bill. Okay, uh, we knew that he had cancer at that point. Um, every indication was that the healing he was going to get was ultimate Mm. and that the Lord would take him home. And so I said to him one day sitting in his living room, I said, tell me, um, Hmm. what would you say to your younger self 34 years ago as you're starting out? Is there anything you would do different? He didn't hesitate. He said two things. He said the first one, I would seek to walk in greater dependence on and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. He said it, it's too easy for us to do things in our own effort and in our own strength, and we, we must strive to walk in His power and in accordance with His will. He said, I would seek to walk in greater dependence on and in the power of the Holy Spirit. He said the second thing, which is akin to it, is I would I would seek to pray more. Mm-hmm. Now, I want you to understand that I would walk down the hallway of our office because his office was the third door or so on the right. Mine was the last door on the left. I had to walk past his office every day to get to mine. And even when I would get there early in the morning, his uh, he would be sitting in his office. Uh, his glasses were laying on his desk a small half-sheet three-ring binder in his lap with his legs crossed and kicked back in his desk chair behind his desk, oftentimes kind of head cocked back and eyes closed. And I knew that on that particular day, he was praying for some aspect of ministry. On Mondays, he would pray for certain things. On Tuesdays, he would pray for international missions and missionaries. On Wednesdays, he would pray for other things and that sort of a thing. And so I'm, I'm sitting in the living room listening to a guy that I observed faithfully praying every morning who, who, whose intention it was to write a book on more faithful praying for international missions and for the gospel to go to the nations out of his D-men work. And yet at the end of his life and ministry, after having observed all of that, which would run circles around any prayer efforts that I was trying to do, Yet still, he would say, if I had it to do over again, I would seek to pray more. And um, I'm still burdened by Mm. those two challenges Mm. to challenge myself that way today. Um, And if I could go back and do it again, I would heartily agree with those two things. I I think about my pastoral mentors, the 
two that come to mind who are just great, great prayer warriors. And both of them have said to me, I, I would pray more. It's just fascinating to mm -hmm. me that the folks that pray the most that I know recognize how much more they need to be in communion with the Father. It's an incredible challenge to me to think about how we, how we do ministry so often in our own power, and yeah. God has to break us sometimes to bring us back to the place where we depend upon Him. Well, this is this is Pastor Appreciation Month again. We're coming toward the end of it. Uh, what other words of encouragement would you have for for pastors? Yeah, um, uh, just a few. One: never stop learning and growing. Um, always, always continue to seek to be a student yourself. Always learning, always growing, uh, reading. I just finished an MA in health education at ECU, and I did that really for the purpose of greater access for international missions. But even the exercise of that study and that that work, that thinking, um, had direct impact for how I even approach ministry leadership and things that I learned out of that process. Mm that had nothing to do with pastoral ministry or anything like that. So never stop learning and growing. Um, find a faithful mentor. Um, you know, find somebody that you can that you can learn from and um, that will invest in you to help stretch you and to help you to grow, that you see godliness and faithfulness in. Not just somebody that you think, you know, is, a, is, is flashy, but that is faithful. Mm. Um, don't go it alone, you know. Uh, we can be we can be prone to be lone rangers. Have some other pastors around you that you just meet with, just to pray together, to encourage one another, uh, that sort of thing. Um, even out of a, a recent meeting this week, um, don't underestimate your own fallenness and the power of our spiritual enemy. Hmm. Um, don't underestimate your own fallenness. Um, and, and, and in light of that, be more concerned about what God knows about you than what your church people think about you. Hmm. Say, say that one more time. That's, that's a potent statement, Pastor. Be more concerned about what God knows about you than what God's people think mm. of you. Mm. That's good. Yeah. Um, the last thing I would say in light of Pastor Appreciation Month— um, Express gratitude while you can. Mm. Mm. Um, the first two of those pastors that I mentioned that had impacted my life, Jimmy Dean and Bill Booyer, uh, neither of them are here today for me to express gratitude mm. to them any longer. And so I try to make it a regular practice, whether through handwritten notes or text messages or emails or something to regularly reach out to people in general, but in particular, those that have had a profound impact on my life and ministry as a pastor. Um, sometimes it's at Christmas. Uh, honestly, Melanie might be driving as we're driving to Alabama to visit family at Christmas time, and sometimes on Christmas Day, and she's like, leave them alone. <laughs> uh, but I, I, will, I will maybe for an hour sit and text people that God brings to my mind that have had a an impact on my life and ministry. And I'll just shoot them a text and just say, I want you to know that God has used you in my life to help me to be the pastor and the Christian that God has made me to be. And I just want you to know that I'm thankful and I appreciate it. 
Yeah, you texted me just a couple of days ago, and you wouldn't know this, but it, it arrived at just the right time. Mm. The, the Lord knows exactly what we need when we need it, and God uses folks like you. And we're on a podcast with microphones in front of our face, but I would I would want our listeners to hear my gratitude to you as as my pastor, and uh, we're honored to serve alongside you at, at Way Crossroads. In fact, let's do this, Caleb. We don't typically do this, but I'm going to ask you to pray for our guests, pray for my pastor yeah. and the other pastors that we've talked to, that we're uh, speaking to via this podcast. Lead us in prayer, and then we'll bring this podcast to a, to a close. Sounds good. Yeah, let's pray. Father, I'm just encouraged and humbled just to be in the room with these godly men. Lord, to see what you've done in their lives, to see the power of the gospel on display and what you've done in their lives and how you've used them for your glory. And God, I just thank you for the many pastors that are listening to this podcast now that are serving you faithfully as under shepherds, under the chief shepherd. And God, we're thankful that you are the good shepherd and that you, you sent your son to die on the cross for us. Our good shepherd lays down his life for us as a model for our ministry that we get to follow him in that. And Father, what a glorious and, and privilege that is to serve you in this way. And so, Father, just pray for your blessings on these pastors, for Pastor Randy, for Dr. Lawless, and for all the pastors listening. Would you bless their ministries, bless their families? God, would you encourage them? And God, as we've expressed in this podcast, would you make us men of prayer? Would mm. you make us more dependent yes. on you? God, nothing can happen apart from you. Yes. You are the vine and we are the branches. Mm. And so, Father, we just ask that you would help us to be faithful. Lord, we know that you have called us and you are faithful that you keep your promises. And so, Father, help us to serve eagerly, to serve humbly, to serve sacrificially, and to look forward, Lord, to the, the crown that you have for us that we will ultimately lay down at your feet and say this is all to your glory mm -hmm. for your name. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Pastor, for joining us. It's an honor to be here. I want to thank you listeners for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. And listeners, I hope you were encouraged by listening to this podcast. I know for sure that I am. It's our mission at the center to equip and encourage pastors, and I hope that we've done that with today's conversation. And as always, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.